Welcome back to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name, of course, is Sean, and today's guest is a returning guest, Warren Marlowe. He is a professional wrestler recently coming out of retirement. Um, he also hosts his own podcast, Buzzing with Marlowe, which is similar to mine. Um, he has an interview podcast, but he does like more variety. Mine is like music heavy, but I branch out. Um Excited to have him back on the podcast. We talk about Bray Wyatt. Um, what a legendary character. We talk about his return to wrestling, um, his favorite hardcore matches of all time, and much more. So, uh, you know, buckle up. And uh, this is a roller coaster from start to finish. So, here's my chat with the one and only Warren Marlowe. How's the podcast going, man? Uh, definitely, uh, it's been busy. I will say that. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what I could say for right now is it has been extremely busy. All right. Um, for those that don't know what it is, what, what's your podcast about, man? Um, uh, basically it's buzzing with Marlo. Um, basically I love just, I don't like talking just to myself at so I have guests on, and it can be uh, author, personal trainer, uh, wrestling, anything like <laughs> yeah. that. And it's just mainly focused on my guests. And my main goal is to actually help people, if they have dreams or goals, and realize that they can achieve them. It takes time. It takes work. But you can do it. Um, yeah. Great example for me. You want to be a pro wrestler? <laughs> find somewhere do what you need to do put yeah. in the work realize you're not going to get much out of it the beginning with it's a learning mm. aspect and the rest is on you that's really how a lot of things are nowadays <laughs> it's just you got to put in work and i mm. i think the biggest thing about my episodes are is i try to teach a lesson if you can learn from them that means you that something is positive going on with those episodes so definitely been awesome uh we'll be on episode 107 tomorrow yeah that's um, huge man i just hit 200 so i i know no, the grind, man. man. i know the grind i gotta, I gotta get up to the numbers <laughs> like you no you're, yeah, well, you're 107 the... um i'm gonna be with a, a well, 15 year veteran from the independent wrestling scene uh, yeah Flynn Hendricks tomorrow that that's gonna be a lot of fun well you were on the podcast this is your second appearance. You were on. We chatted. Was it a year ago or something? Yeah. A year sound. A year sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. What have you been up to since then? Besides Whew. cranking out the podcast. Whew. I think the last time I was fully still retired. Um. Were you retired when you were on the podcast last? I was retired from wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> other things if anybody hasn't known i'm coming back you know um i've been training my butt off um a a lot of a lot of positives and obviously a lot of setbacks have happened since Mm. we've talked um yeah uh regarding family members and stuff like that um we just had my father-in-law pass away recently um 
Mm, so sorry to hear that. Real tough on the family lately, but just being blessed. Um, keep doing these episodes. Train my butt off. I've got two major bookings coming up, wrestling wise, mm. and I never thought I'd be doing those again. So it's <laughs> it's been crazy. Just trying to enjoy as much time as I can. You consider like podcasting and wrestling kind of like escapes for you to keep oh, your yeah. mind to keep your mind off. The funny the... thing is, man, I try to stay away from all y'all wrestling fanatic type people because <laughs> I, you know, I literally was making sure, I, like, <laughs> if I was doing this, I'm doing it in a positive aspect, but I'm not getting back in the ring. And if you saw my hundredth episode, if you haven't, go check it out. It's entertaining. I guarantee you, if if even if you're not a wrestling fan of that, you will hate the person that was on that episode with me. Mm. Um, it was. <laughs> It was it, it was definitely an adventure, and the end result was I'm coming out of retirement. Oh, that's huge! We've so we're building so this thing up for did, a while some, right now. So what what'd you do? Some vignettes or something? Some videos? You know? No, actually, I did it kind of like how we're doing right now, just obviously on the podcast genre. And <laughs> I wasn't as nice to that guest as much as I'm to everybody else. Mm. Like, if you haven't seen it. I recommend it. You know what? It, it was you fun. should have done it like Bray Wyatt. You know, that's gonna be the <laughs> that's gonna be the first t- topic. So, for those that don't know, Bray Wyatt is the son of IRS, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, he's coming. He was the fiend. What's your thoughts? First off, what do you think about Bray Wyatt? Do you think he's overrated, underrated, just about right? Wrestling wise, he's average, but storytelling wise, as a character, he's above above so many Mm. um bray can be so creative um the firefly flint house i mean i will still talk about that one forever like it was very weird (laughs) i didn't like it at first because Mm. i didn't understand it and then when i went back and rewatched it and constantly was looking just trying to figure out what was the story they were telling it was basically saying if Cena did not achieve all those, you know, when he fell down and not get be able to get back up type from scenarios. Mm-hmm. And it made so much sense. And it was showing like, you know, when Bray, I mean, one of the best rivalries still for Bray was when him and Cena, I mean, at WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania 30. The mm. build up to that was just amazing. I gosh, I could I, I have chills thinking about that. <laughs> Especially when yeah. they went into that match with the um was it the I think it was the was steel cage the match where you had yeah, the kids that... mm-hmm. walking down the ramp with the goat mask and stuff and then singing he's got the whole world. Yeah. And then you hearing that <laughs> at his return, like that just tells mm-hmm. you how much of a, a huge aspect a character can drive yeah. some and make a fans invest in emotionally to a character yeah so especially with that marvel writer now yeah they got that they got that um so for those that don't know bray wyatt was the leader of the wyatt family right that's how he was introduced what was your thoughts on do you think they'll go back to that kind of you know because Jim Cornette went on and on and on about it, you know, like he does oh, everything. <laughs> I, I love Jim Cornette's podcast, but Jim does get a little bit too overwhelmed. Yeah, I can't listen to that. Shit. It's like it's like four hours. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, and I get mad at myself. If I go two hours, and I'm sitting here listening to Jim Cornette mm-hmm. for a good. 
I could do a workout and almost do a cardio session before he's even done with talking about a topic. And it's mm. like, he's got a great mind. Jim has been in this game for a long time. Mm -hmm. But there is some things I think that he does lack on. And he does yeah. not like heavier set wrestlers. He well, does not like, <laughs> I mean, great example, he does not like Kevin Owens. He doesn't like him because of his appearance. And, mm -hmm. and I used to be like that until I've actually worked some of these guys that are that size and stuff like that. And they're amazing. Like yeah. they legit are moving like us. Like us muscular guys are good in shape <laughs> guys. Like it's crazy. I've seen numerous guys like that. And mm -hmm. Bray, I, I don't say he's amazing as a wrestler, but the character is what gets him to what he's making, <laughs> what like, they've like... done to invest into him. <laughs> I mean, Bray's been trending on social media for what four days straight, nonstop. Yeah, since this white really... rabbit ordeal. Yeah, I don't even really watch anymore, and that and it went viral on like Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's been crazy, and for you them know? to deliver it and give his own vignette at the very end of the main event, which yeah. was already really good. The show yeah. itself was really good, and. Yeah. And a lot of fans, you know, some of the AEW fans or whatever, people are going to be like, well, if they didn't have Bray, it wouldn't have delivered. I said it still would have, but you would have been upset figuring out what was up with the White Rabbit thing because they teased it mm -hmm. through the whole show. And I thought it was perfectly written out, especially when they did the spotlight, the blue spotlight for uh, for um, Brody was really awesome. Um, and then for Bray to come out with the samurai mask after – all five of the Firefly Flunhouse friends. Yeah. So obviously it's not yeah. just him that's coming back. It's a stable coming back. But I don't see it like a Wyatt family standpoint just because mm. that's old. And Bray's not about doing stuff that's already been done. Well, I heard As something we about it. From a... The Fiend, yeah. from the Bray Wyatt character and stuff like that. They've changed a lot. This is Wyndham 6. So <laughs> I'm very curious what's going to happen. My guess is six people, so it's a stable. Yep. You know, and it should be it should be interesting because he's gonna be on SmackDown. And you know, I don't I don't watch much wrestling anymore, but even even I heard about that. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is something that he doesn't really do much of. Has Bray Wyatt ever been in a hardcore match? Like a hardcore match, not not the funhouse match. That's different. <laughs> Has he ever been in a hardcore match? I think I that think would he's be done cool. Something like it. <laughs> if we call the uh, Matt Hardy <laughs> vignette thing yeah. in his house or something with that, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I mean, do you think? Do you think that you that we'll see a different side of Bray Wyatt as far as matches? Like, who do you who do you think he'll go? Uh, he'll uh, fight first, I guess, for lack of a better term. Well, first he's got to get himself back to representing that. He's not that watered-down white character they had in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I think a great start-off would be Riddle, knowing that Randy Orton was his final guy, and Riddle is Randy's best friend. And uh -huh. I could tell a story with that part. And Riddle's been white-hot right now. Um, I never thought I would cheer for a guy that has painted fingernails and toenails. <laughs> um, but Riddle has really grown 
as a character as itself, as a worker as itself too, because mm-hmm. Riddle has really presented himself as a professional now. Well, and... for those that don't know, Matt Riddle was uh, UFC. Sorry, yep. I'm not a really big wrestler. My podcast isn't wrestling. No, no, no you're so good, to, man. I exactly, to, for the average wrestling I have fans. To, yeah. I have to mainstream everything because I have a lot of musicians and artists on, so wrestling uh-huh. is a little different, you know? <laughs> so I have to, like, I have to make every single wrestler, like, you know, try to pop culture it, you know? <laughs> but Matt Riddle... Oh, it's all Matt, about pop culture, though. Matt Riddle, a pop culture well, Matt standpoint. Riddle's a mainstream name. Like, even he's a... Like even people outside of wrestling knows know who Matt Riddle is, you know? Oh yeah. Especially <laughs> in the UFC. I people might get mad at me. I didn't really know of him in the MMA background because I mean I don't really oh, I, I never really followed the MMA. Yeah, I did. And he was super popular. And I just recently mm-hmm. watched I've been watching a lot of the Ultimate Fighters. I love those type of those shows. I love the mm-hmm. competition standpoint. my favorite one of all of them was Forrest Griffin. And yeah, and I love Stephen Bonner, and I loved how those two really like progressed and became what they were now. <laughs> but I didn't know Matt Riddle was on it. I didn't know Shayna Baszler and all these other girls and stuff were on. I'm like, how many did they recruit from the MMA background? Like, I had to look back and like requiz myself on these things, and it's cool just to see. And and the way WWE and a lot of wrestling factions are now is they're recruiting people out of college. Yeah, this whole campus thing. I'm not a huge I I'm not a huge fan of that war and I it's building your audience. It's widening it more. I think that's a better thing. Sorry, hold on, my daughter. Alright, go. Go. You're okay. But um I think it helps it a little bit better just because it expands the audience. I think mm-hmm. that's a better part. Go bell. Oh, have mercy. Three you want to? Yeah, everything. Oh, okay. Three year old. Yeah, that says it all. Huh? You're good. I was just closing the door so I could block out the noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, anybody don't I know, mean, I'm a, I'm a dad, husband, podcaster, wrestler, wrestler. You know, many other, many other books of them over here. But um, I think it does help it in a way. Now it doesn't help for the hardcore wrestling fans. Um, but you got to look at some of the names that have came out of different backgrounds. Keith Lee, Keith Lee came out of, in, out of football, went mm. into pro wrestling and became a, a name. Moose out of all people came out of the NFL and went into the, in the pro wrestling background. Yeah. And I mean, Bianca Belair, Bianca was a track star. Yeah. Baron Corbin, Tennessee. Baron Corbin, yeah, Baron Corbin Baron, all these guys, like Baron Corbin it's not just there. these people are just coming from. <laughs> All pro wrestling backgrounds, which yeah. kind of would upset some of the guys like us, but <laughs> apparently they got they got that if factor. Well, I Baron Corbin was what did uh, Baron Uncle for a little bit, you know, or fight or he yep. did something. He did something. He did UFC. Yeah, he did the Baron Uncles. Yeah, did he? I think he's I think he's underrated. I'm a big Baron Corbin guy. I follow he's him. A great on, heel. I follow him on social media. He's one of the few like he loves cooking. I will say that. He loves I know, cooking. I, I follow I follow him. He's one of the few ones I follow. So shout out to Baron Corbin. But um him and his sticks. <laughs> so let's let's move on to hardcore matches. I mean, are you gonna be like everybody else and choose when I tell you to pick your favorite one, 
Are you going to choose the Hell in a Cell, or are you going to go somewhere different? Uh, a hardcore match? Yeah, we're going to do hardcore, and then we're going to talk about death. We're going to do both. Okay. Um, Favorite hardcore match? Any of the hardcore matches with Mick Foley <laughs> and Terry Funk? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can compare to him. If yeah. anybody knows who Terry Funk is or who Mick Foley was, I'm talking like the mm. ECW days. I mean the yeah. old modern days of Mick Foley and Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to compare any of these hardcore matches with that because those two, it they were best of friends, but almost like killing each other. Like they had barbed wire on the. I remember they had barbed wire ropes for the oh, ring. Really? I mean, <laughs> setting each other on fire and all this really? other mess, and I was just like, "Oh my god." I was like, yeah, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you have a match in mind as far as um, something that he's done that you like? Oh, matches that I like? Yeah, like what's your favorite hardcore match? Uh, the Mick Foley and Terry Funk matches. I Is mean, that... I mean, you can't even, can't even just like say one or two. They changed it up every single time. Um, the closest newer air hardcore match i would say has mm-hmm. to be when edge and mick foley wrestled each yeah other that's what that's what mine is that's what mine is yeah Where they like did that, that table spot and mm-hmm. he speared him inside right on the flaming table and it was perfect perfect <laughs> yeah, because they had joey set styles. it up everything yeah, yeah joey styles was on commentary you know for those that don't know joey styles was the voice of ecw back in the he day was the jim ross <laughs> of ecw <laughs> he was Oh my god! Hey, I, I, I was curious. I was like, "How many breath mints this man would have to do? Be like, how much oh, I, I soda or it, something he's got to oh drink my. just to keep those lungs perfect?" Because he would scream through a whole, a whole show, and I'm just like, you know? "I know he is not talking after a show is over, <laughs> or he's not talking before a show." He's like, "I got, I got like, work today. I can't talk to you." <laughs> I remember that spot because he goes, "Oh my god!" and then like. <laughs> And then, like a second or two later, Jerry Lawler goes, "Oh my God!" <laughs> like right after, right after. That's yeah, definitely man. those were those were really cool to see because Edge never it really made the rated R superstar character mm-hmm. because I mean Edge was being that raunchy, you know, you knew the backstory. Him and Lita were messing behind Matt Hardy. Yeah, and for them to put that in the storyline, <laughs> that was pretty rough right there. Mm-hmm. But Edge grew as a main event character, a main eventer that year after he faced Cena, won the Money in the Bank, got that title on Elimination Chamber. People hated his guts for that <laughs> yeah. whole genre. The yeah, first time everybody was all on John Cena's side for once in a Money Bank cash in, um, mm-hmm. but. That whole year, you saw a transition of what a true Rated R superstar was, and for him to bring Mick Foley back, and and he spit in Mick Foley's face, made Mick Foley come back as, you know, that that crazy sadistic guy. He didn't come as Cactus Jack. He came as Mick Foley and all three put together, (laughs) and it was just beautifully written. I thought it was really well done because the match itself, it delivered. Oh, my gosh. Like we were just talking about the table spot, but <laughs> the barbed wire bat. Yeah. Mick Foley chewing the bat. I mean, yeah. I no, 
I'm not chewing barbed wire. I don't care what you do for me. I'm not chewing barbed wire. Yeah, and Lita was a Lita was there by Edge's side back then, you know. So she that was, was a good addition <laughs> to it. Yeah, it was like perfectly written for all of those, and and yeah. no one looked bad in that whole scenario. Like you know, that's one go... thing I will say about a match mm. for something like that. That could go really south quick, mm. and for it to be delivered as well as it did, especially with the Lita additional and it didn't make her look bad or anything like right. that, that even made it more impelling. Right. It made Edge more presented as a bad guy because Mick Foley wrestled that show like a bad guy. You would have really thought Mick Foley was a bad guy in this thing, but Mick Foley was just <laughs> sick of everybody's BS. He was sick of right. Edge disrespecting him, and he wanted to show Edge, you brought this out of me. This is This is on you. And um, just a great match. Definitely a good match. If you yeah. haven't checked it out, guys, if you're not a wrestling fan, and you want to watch somebody just the beat peacock. the guitar or something, and it don't yeah. look fake, check that out. No, check it out on the Peacock, right? No, it, no, yeah. it, <laughs> no, what I don't. Giving Peacock you know, plugs. <laughs> you know, while we're on, yeah, while we're still in, before we get to Deathmatch, because there is a difference. There's a difference between hardcore and Deathmatch. Last thing I'll say about hardcore matches before we get to the death matches, and specifically the ones down there at GCW. I want to talk about those. But Sabu, we can't go hardcore segment without Sabu. He was the first one to really use the chair, like do crazy shit with the chair. What's your thoughts Mm -hmm. on, I forgot his nickname, but what's your thoughts on Sabu? You're not a fan? You don't have any comments on I Sabu? Got, I actually got a real thing, and I can't say oh. it on here. Oh, you don't like him. Oh, I didn't know that. I, no, it's not that I don't like him. It's just I had an experience regarding oh. with him. So I'm we'll move on. We'll move on. I didn't know. I didn't know. No, no, you're good. No, no But Sabu, um, <laughs> I didn't know there my was first year in, I watched his per- matches okay. with Cena. I was really excited about it and stuff yeah. like that. I just don't. I'm not going to say any more out of it. No, um, no, no, it's fine. I actually was on a show with him, and I'm just going to leave it with that. Yeah, but sure. Sabu was a crazy son of a gun. I mean, the stuff that he put himself through. <laughs> and for a lot of guys in ECW, people might not like me when I say this, most of them couldn't <laughs> wrestle. Most of them really could not do a lot of things. Wait, wait, this wait. This was their Sam- outlet to wait. entertain audience. Huh? You're saying Sandman, you're saying Sandman couldn't wrestle? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you're right. That was this Sandman, the zombie. <laughs> uh, what was the other ones? Oh my gosh. Uh, my there, favorite. Wasn't there one they called the heckler or something? I yeah. Was like, anyway. Anyways, he was. He took. He took it to new heights though. Like he I remember, crazy. he would use a chair to do a leg drop. Everything. That was just crazy everything. He would use the chair for everything. He would do crazy shit on top. I remember the spot he did with Cena, even though he botched it. He mm-hmm. he still like did some crazy spot with Cena. I mean, now there and, is a one really good Sabu match, the one that he wrestled on Rob Van Dam. Yeah, that the was first the first ECW gonna... title match. Those mm-hmm. two, that one was really well delivered. Especially when Rob Rob Van Dam versus John Cena. Do you remember that match when Rob Van Dam won? The- Who doesn't remember that match? He was like, dang near, I think was on a death warrant in there. Like, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, boy, that they, uh, 
we realized Cena was about, not the good guy that game. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about let's talk about that match because that was the first when when I I had the WWE Network at the time or at yeah, mm -hmm. uh, not it, the network wasn't out by that match, but I mean that was one of the first matches that I checked out with the. I feel like people have copycatted the the you know if he loses we riot. I feel like that was the first time I've seen that sign. Was that sign out before then? Because for those that don't remember, there was, was hated after he won his second title. After the he won the title the second yeah, yeah, time, yeah. that's when he really started yeah. easing away from him. That's kind of like how they did with Hogan. Hogan had his mm -hmm. transition for a long time. Well, and then they had after match. that slaughter yeah. match with him, <laughs> it just died out instantly. Mm -hmm. And when Warrior came in, it killed his his whole reputation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing that happened with John is just John, he adapted from it. I, In my eyes, I was a big John Cena fan. And I didn't understand why fans did not like him. I mm -hmm. mean, crowd loved him when he was the Dr. Thugonomics. I thought he did great when he first became a WWE <laughs> Yeah. I mean, <laughs> now wrestling fans, you know, we're like, oh, that? Yeah, yeah, the spinner belt, bro. Come on, we didn't need tires on a on a on a daggone championship belt. But yeah, like it was different. Cena, I love Cena as a person outside of wrestling. Well, that was um, with me having I... a son that special needs. Yeah. My son loved John Cena. Loved John Cena. I, to, I I'm being dead honest when I say this. My son's first words was John Cena. Really? Like legit his first words were John Cena. And mm -hmm. he and that just shows you what Cena meant to a major audience. And for that ovation he got against Rob Van Dam, that just told you you didn't see the when you watch WWE, you can tell like the good guys, the bad guys, and you can mm -hmm. tell Nine times out of ten, you're going to hear a positive cheer because it's more right. of the kid audience in the building. Mm. That ECW building, nah, it was like almost the 90s, yeah. like the Attitude Era, <laughs> well, it was and we hated it was, anything yeah. that had WWE written on it. Well, this was 2006, Warren, so, you know... <laughs> Was, that was a different weird transition because I remember when Cena came in, he had the title raised up, and he would just look stand. down, and people were just throwing stuff. Yeah, at it was him one night stand. stand. It was ECW one night stand. Yep. <laughs> and then they and, kept showing that sign constantly. If Cena yeah. wins, we write. Cena yeah. wins, we write. It makes you go, "What if?" And like, "What if that actually would have happened?" Like, <laughs> maybe Cena was supposed to win, and the and the finish no, changed. It was like, already. Yeah, we can't it was already. This messed up. No, it was. I, like, I believe it was. I believe it was RVD from the start. That's what I'm saying. But still, like when you listen to that sign and stuff, just kind of like that wrestling perspective, a fan perspective, you just go, "What if that would happen?" Well, then he had like, legal. Then RVD had legal trouble, and <laughs> you know, yeah. and then he had legal trouble. So let's get. All, to, they all do some once in a while, man. When you so get rich, get, stuff stuff starts yeah. messing up around yeah, when what, you don't uh, even want it to. What 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 did Fifty Cent used to say? Get rich or die trying. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, some some wrestlers took that figuratively and literally, <laughs> you know. 
The rich die trying. Cena won that right. title. We right. <laughs> Building's gone. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, what's your opinion of what's your difference between a death match and a hardcore match? Like, what's in your opinion? What's All the right, difference? So, the wrestler of the wrestler in me, I'm starting to slowly understand them more. I mean, back then I used to think they were crap. I used to was like, why? What what do you need this for? Like I'm looking at this as a longevity standpoint. What longevity is there? You're getting slammed through glass tables. Mm. Guys are grabbing pizza cutters and all <laughs> stuff like this. And then when I'm watching back, I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's just that type of audience. Like I preach about it on my shows and on commission talks and everything else. I talk about, you know, wrestling has its its type of styles. And mm-hmm. some areas, especially the GCW area, which they've got a good wrestler right there that we've seen ground grow from the ground up, Effie. And Effie has transitioned so much. I remember my first match with Effie. Um, that was an, an interesting thing. You know, when yeah. you say, what's a gimmick? I did not literally know Effie so, was gay. So for those that don't know, who is this person? Because I don't know who this Effie? person is. Yeah. So Effie is uh, GCW's main guy now. Um, mm-hmm. And he's also gay. But mm-hmm. um, Effie has been a transitor. I mean, dude just got back from going to New Japan and stuff like that. So for somebody that was told, hey, you're never going to draw anybody. You're never going to make it big in this business because Effie wasn't fully trained, which people have shown shunned him for a long time for, but Effie has proved mm-hmm. everybody wrong. And I mean, Effie just headlined a match with John Moxley just recently. So that just tells you mm-hmm. what this man has done. I mean, Effie headlined a match with Matt Cardona and with uh, his wife, Chelsea. So it's yeah. like, what's the joke <laughs> on it? Yeah, exactly. And I saw one death match where they were going through like glass. I forgot the name. I forgot the two. I forgot the name of the two wrestlers, but it wasn't Nick Gage. It was the other two. There was two other ones that did crazy shit, and they went through. They, they went all through. do. <laughs> well, talk about game changer wrestling. Is that like in? I hear ECW vibes. Is that? Am I right and wrong in that? Um, I would say yeah. I think they got the ECW vibes, but some of them do actually know how to wrestle. Um, I would say it's a new thing. Fans are loving it, and the aggressive fans, mm-hmm. I would definitely say, are very in tune with it. I, I never really got to watch any of them. I watched the one with Matt Cardona and Nick Gage, Yeah, and I was just... Nick Gage is a, like is a badass. The fans were. Yeah. He came in there, and I mean, Cardone was very smart to come in there with a T-shirt, not just to go out there shirtless, stuff mm. like that. I was like, that is the smartest thing he did because I could tell he had like a little bit of sleeves on his arms, kind of like he knew he was about to be getting cut up today. He yeah. knew what was about to happen. And and it and it shows that people have respected that type of wrestling because Matt Cardona did not have to do any of that. And mm-hmm. for him to go out there and do something like that, that shows how much respect he's got for these guys. Because I remember I was listening on the podcast about Matt Tallin 
telling um, Nick Gage he better not bring that pizza cutter out, and Nick did it. And it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, the old wrestler me is like, oh, so he did something that he wasn't supposed to do. He like, broke also, he broke the fourth wall or whatever. Yeah, it's type scenario like that. But <laughs> it also was like, you know what? The fans wanted it. He he gave what the fans wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a newer style for fans to like. And I would not recommend it if you want a longevity in wrestling. If you can live and go 15 years going through glass tables and pizza cutters and all that, be my guest. That's fun. I mean, it's entertaining. I don't understand some of it, but (laughs) it as a fan aspect is really cool to see because you don't see it often and it looks Mm -hmm. very real. Where's it based out of? Like, where do they get, like, do you know? I thought it was in the Philadelphia area. Let me look. I think it's... You want to take Closer a guess before I New Google York it? Areas. Danger wrestling. I think it's Bates. in the Philadelphia area. It might be in the New York area. I don't know. New Jersey. New Jersey. Well, it used to yeah, be. It right. used to be Jersey Championship Wrestling, and then it changed to Game Changer Wrestling. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. So Nick Gage, he is he like the next Mick Foley? This guy. Because I heard that I heard that Chris Jericho on his podcast, and I saw the match he did. Right, he did a death match mm-hmm. with Nick Gage. Yeah. So last thing we'll talk about is Nick Gage, and then we'll call it a we'll call it a day. No, you <laughs> good? You sure? You're good, man. I don't want to stop her now. But um, <laughs> I I had mixed feelings when it regarded Nick Gage at first. Like I said, I I wasn't really into that type of wrestling, mm. but. I could tell, like, how much he's invested himself into it and the respect that Moxley is. No offense. That's how I thought Moxley was for the longest time, was just a really? spot monkey that even just in liked the to do the adrenaline-type matches. Even in the Shield back in the day, you know? Yeah. I, I was not a, I was not a big <laughs> Ambrose fan, ever. And, yeah. and I've grown to like Moxley in AEW. I really would have said if anybody's had the most positive – Mm-hmm. thing out of wrestling regarding with AEW, John Moxley has definitely got to be on that list. Like right. He's put that thing on the map. So it's mm-hmm. like the thing with him and Nick Gage, they've been having a person, they've had matches way past before he went to WWE. And really? Stuff like that. So, yeah. Like they were talking about that <laughs> recently. So mm-hmm. it was like really cool just to see that revolve back and stuff like that. So that was interesting to see because it was just like, you never saw it happen. And it was like, okay, <laughs> what was really the purpose of it? And then when I watched it more and more, and I'm like, okay, I yeah. actually like this stuff. <laughs> I won't do it, but I like it. So Right, right. It's definitely, it's definitely a newer vibe feel. Mm-hmm. I would not think it's going to be a long haul thing. Look at ECW, yeah. they lasted what? five years at the most mm. doing this. Um, if if the fans keep buying, people will do it. I mean, look at New Japan. New Japan's finally slowly growing up to what they've needed for the longest time. They're actually <laughs> the ones that brought the true meaning of a death match. Really? If anybody really wants to know. New Japan's the one that started <laughs> those stuff. And it just found a way in the U.S. thanks to Paul Hammond and stuff. Well, yeah. So, yeah, the death match. 
The definition I found of a death match is it says anything goes with foreign objects and weapons. So there you go. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty vague. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty vague. Um before you before we before we uh head out here, what's what's your thoughts on the direction that WWE is headed? You said wrestling as a whole? Yeah, just with Triple H now instead of Vince and everything like that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'll try to say it like how I don't say it on every other show. Um it's new. The only thing that's really been different is you're getting newer faces on the TV. Um, mm -hmm. He's showcasing talent. Um, the storylines are being a little bit more explained better. Mm -hmm. It's not like that uh, childish type storyline that you're so used to now. Right. Um, Triple H has got a meaning to know the newer style of wrestling. He knows how to adapt that the evolution of it now as a whole. Sure. Um, the matches are getting people are getting more longer match times. That's the biggest mm -hmm. thing I would say has been a differential thing. And the one thing I will say as a major whole too is the characters are being more explained. When I say more explained, you're getting that showcase aspect of why they are who they were. Say like Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross is explained. He is showing you every single week what that, that metaphor of TikTok stands for. Um, mm. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> we talked about I talked about him earlier. You know, I will say match, this. I was Clash, of the Cla yeah. Clash of the Castles, I became a fan of him just from that <laughs> vignette. Yeah. For the Broken Dream, Mirrors of Broken Dreams, I became a fan of him just for that night. Um, uh, do you I think... said he's grown so much. Wait, wait, wait. But... Hey, hey, uh, Warren. Do you think that he will put Bray Wyatt over? Because I Ooh. think they're going to wrestle. I think they're going to wrestle Drew McIntyre and Bray Wyatt. Do you Drew think needs Drew a break right now? If you, you haven't think... watched that Extreme Rules pay per view that he just did, <laughs> he needs a break. So you um, think that he would put him over then? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's not necessarily who's putting somebody over. It's just what's the next standpoint? Is it just because it's a match? Or is there something more involved into the story? Um, mm. With Drew, I think Drew is now officially probably out of the main out of the main event title picture now. So Drew's got to basically rank himself back up. Yeah. Um, well, I who do you see Bray Wyatt for Bray Wyatt? Yeah, who do you think Bray Wyatt will wrestle first? You think it'll be Drew? Because he's not going to go with Roman Reigns right away. No, they got it. I think do it'll not... be Drew. I think it'll be Drew. It's needy. I say let him do a judgment day. I think that's a little no offense to judgment. No, he's on SmackDown. Bray Wyatt's on SmackDown. Okay. Um, the only thing I could think of is is uh, Drew. Unless makes sense. They say I would still say Smackdown. Riddle, but Riddle's on Raw, so Raw. yeah, maybe Drew. That's the only thing I, I mean, can really think. Think of it this way: it could help build with Ricochet, get him a storyline. Um. It could do with so many. Oh, different you know what? Things. Like they could do Wyatt Six versus the New Day. That's what. Yeah, the New Day can get revamped back up. We <laughs> that, know Big E's slowly getting himself. That would be interesting. Up. That would be interesting. I would like to see Bray Wyatt mess around with uh, Sheamus and his group. I think that would be interesting. Just to the see the match or whatever. Yeah. 
Last question. Maybe the I'm Imperium probably. too. Walter and Bray yeah. Wyatt, which that would kind of not work right off the rip. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to wait a year for that to be in there, but <laughs> I'd right. be excited to see something with that too. I'm gonna play a game of overrated and underrated. Go ahead. All right, are you down for this? Yeah, I'm down. I got go. I got a series of wrestlers, and I don't want I don't I want one word answer. Either overrated or underrated. I don't want reasons. I want overrated or underrated. Or plead the okay. fifth if you don't want to answer it. That's fine. <laughs> Seamus, overrated or underrated? Underrated. <laughs> uh, Matt Riddle, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Bray Wyatt. Definitely underrated. <laughs> He's been the theme of the episode, so we have to include him here. Uh, John Cena's legacy. Is John Cena overrated or underrated? His legacy. There's a difference. Oh, man. I didn't know. I say underrated. Oh, yeah. And last but not least, the career of Macho Man Randy Savage. Overrated Underrated. or underrated? You think he's underrated, Macho Man? I wouldn't say overrated. Macho (laughs) is one of the greatest true mechanics back in the day. Yeah, Mr. Elizabeth so, back then, you know. <laughs> Warren. I will say the thing about Cena's thing all- too is, man, Cena's was well written. I I still say to this day, Cena's the best character that WWE has produced in so oh, long because Cindy is, Cindy says underrated. I assume that's about Cena. Cena, I would assume charity. Probably. I would assume. Yeah, make I, a wish. I just say this. Cena was a hard worker for <laughs> what he was given. Oh. Um, a lot of people will tell you flat off the rip, they couldn't do what John did for WWE. So, you know, getting the title and never getting sleep and flying <laughs> wherever they need you to be and stuff like that, that just showed the true main inventor character that of mm. what truly John was. So, That's it. Warren, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much Absolutely, for uh, taking the time to, do, to come back to Sensibly Cynical. You're both sensible and cynical for doing this. Both Absolutely, of them. Absolutely, man. Thank you. <laughs> where, can, where can people find, uh, find you on the social medias? Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, at Buzzing with Marlo, um, American Prodigy, or just my Warren Marlo page for Instagram, uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can catch us on Buzzing with Marlo on Twitter. Um, also, American Project on Twitter. I don't have Twitter. I'm still getting used to Twitter. Guys. Bear are you on? Are you I'm, on? TikTok I'm learning what with... tweets are. Wait, wait, now. wait. Are you on TikTok with all the kids? I'm. Yeah, I'm on TikTok now. With I'm all the TikTok. kids. <laughs> I, I'm still learning how to promote a podcast on TikTok. It's kind of weird. Yeah, the I'm... algorithm's messed up, man. I tried to use the uh, reels or whatever, the little TikToks, yeah. and. I was told this is from a little uh, like birdie of mine, like through the grapevine. It depends on the on the time and day you do it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I now, usually do them in the morning. Now so. figure that time and now that now I can't tell you what <laughs> what time and day is the best, but I know it's time dependent because there'll be mm-hmm. I do a funny one, like a legit funny one that'll get like a bunch of views on like Instagram. Yeah. And then I'll post it on TikTok the same time. And it'll be like crickets. So like, I know it, like, I that's know the same thing I have with Instagram. Like Instagram, yeah. I'm over like, I get these things saying, hey, man, you've been viewed like 500 <laughs> something times. I put it on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
you've been viewed this much with like four likes. I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> but and, uh, I'm on TikTok at Buzzing Marlo, um, Facebook, <laughs> everybody. Um, just go on the panhandle with Buzzing with Marlo on every social media except Snapchat. Um, mm. I'm married, so I'm kind of staying away from Snapchat. I mean, trouble. I'm not married, so you know, I I know, but I know what Snapchat is. <laughs> it's like it's like it it kind of has MySpace vibes a little bit. Some. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Where can we find Buzzing Marlo? Oh, wherever you get your podcasts, or what's the link? Yeah, um, every episode of Fridays. Right. Um, you can catch us on YouTube at our mm. Buzzing with Marlo channel. Yeah. Uh, like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> we're we're growing, growing, growing. I'm in awe of how much we have grown. <laughs> and just seven episodes back for season four. That's um, huge. You could man. also catch me on Wednesdays with the Commission Talks, um, mm-hmm. with my book Blackheart, my guy from OTTR, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dre on Wheels from the Eleven Thirty <laughs> Podcast, and we just added a new member, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Eric the Joker. Oh um, yeah, yeah. He's got his uh, second episode with us next week. We're going to be on Blackheart's show. And it's alternated each week. So, say I do one week on Wednesday, Blackheart will do the next following week on his platform, and then Dre will have us on for his <laughs> Friday, which you were on for the Talk mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling. I was, I was on so, that. So, it's it's just a it's a cool <laughs> vibe, man. We alternate with different episode, platforms and stuff. But I was on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But um. Yeah, you can catch us on those panhandles, man. Also, you can check us on the audio, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. The main ones, Spotify, mm. iHeartRadio, Podbean, and uh, Anchor. All right, Warren, as always, I appreciate it. Thank you. And have no a uh, blessed evening, all right? Thank you. Thank you <laughs> keep your Hey, keep your sanity, okay? Try to keep your sanity. <laughs> I, I try. I try, man. All right, I try. later, man. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Another interview in the books. Um, Warren Marlowe, once again, I would like to thank him for coming on the podcast today. And I would like to thank you for hopefully subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. More reviews, the better. Also, check out our merch, bonfire.com slash store slash sensibly dash cynical bunch of different color options available check them out um wordpress we are on there twitter at cynical sensibly instagram sensibly cynical pod and you can check out our facebook page um thanks to everyone who supports the podcast um much appreciated this podcast doesn't run without you so uh i am eternally grateful all right Take care, everybody. Peace.